clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. Doc, we're back from our hiatus. Yeah. Did you have sex for America, Doc, on the 4th of July? I had COVID for oh. America for the 4th of July. Wah, wah. <laughs> so, what no. a downer. It was. You can well, probably I still hope you're hear feeling it a little. Better. I hope you're feeling better. Yes, I took plenty of rest as is recommended. Well, that's what you like. And we are back, folks. We're back from our little hiatus, mid-season hiatus, as it were. You know, we're very much like Stranger Things. You get all excited. We build up to such an exciting crescendo, and then we take a quick break. But we're back now, and we're excited to be back. We have a special guest with us today. Dr. Leo is here. Hi, Dr. Leo. Hello, hello. Dr. Leo, I still sit down every day. I just want you to know. Anytime I'm in a car, long trips, or I'm just like sitting for a long time, which I do at my show from time to time, I check in with my pelvic floor. I'm like, am I clenching? Am I clenching? (laughs) He's serious. He's he's talked about this many times. (laughs) You you have a forever um, presence of your pelvic floor from now on. Dr. Leo, my pelvic floor thanks you. I thank you for the knowledge that you gave us. So before we jump into our interview with Dr. Leo, folks, just a couple of announcements about announcements. Wait, should we more properly introduce... Dr. Leo, just I'm going to get people... back to properly introducing Dr. Leo. I was taking a segue to just our announcements. Okay. Then I was going to say, and if those of you who don't remember, it was the episode about, I mean, give me Got a little it. bit of you credit. Know. You go away, you get COVID brain, you come back and you start beating up on mm. me already. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. All I was going to say was announcements about announcements. Uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media. And if you have any great sex stories you want us to say or could have been better sex stories don't forgive us to give us a call on our phone number doc what's that phone number hit me 919173820653 so good you're so good on it as always and of course check out the amy book at the university of pleasure publishing <coughs> we're very excited god doc i'm not editing this all day are you going to be hacking and wheezing through this whole episode i mean it's entirely possible <laughs> <laughs> Well, check out the Amy book. It is out there uh, by Autumn, Karen, and myself. We're going to have Autumn back on. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the Amy book. And uh, we got so much more fun stuff coming up throughout the rest of this season. And we're excited to share it all with you. So I believe uh, there's a new Sex Therapist Shoot the Shit episode as well up. There is a new one. Sex yeah. Therapist Shoot the Shit. With Laura Rademacher and myself and Dr. Alex Kovic. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, See, Doc, I I have to be honest with you, uh, Dr. Leo. I have not been invited to be on the show. uh, Because I'm not a sex therapist. So I, from time to time, have to be reminded, you know, that there's new episodes. I mean, I'm not upset that I'm not on the show. I'm not bothered by it. It doesn't affect me in any way, shape or form. Uh, but that's why I, I just wanted you to know if it seemed like I'd forgotten. It's because I'm not really part of it. So it's because he for, he r- forgets the things that he's not involved in Correct. directly. I mean, that don't makes sense. psychologically speaking, that makes sense. See? It's true, especially See, with Jeremiah. Doctor Leo, Doctor Leo sees me. He understands me, and that's why I love <laughs> having him here. Okay. So let's do a little bit of an introduction to Dr. Leo again. For those of you who may not remember this episode, Doc, what was the episode name? Um, I think it was like uh, the Bermuda Triangle or something like that That's of men's right. sexual health. Wasn't it the penis, the pelvic floor, and the 
Prostate. That's exactly correct. Well done, A plus. You got no code. I write right? the titles, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm very surprised. Okay, but that it was, was one actually... of our. As an aside, it was one of our most. It was one of our most listened to episodes. I think this... it's in our top three most listened to episodes. It absolutely people is. People love to talk about dicks. They, they do. do. <laughs> the thing. And well, prostates. Everybody's so confused about their prostate. The, the mystery of the prostate. It is. Which is a good title that I'm writing down for another episode in the future. The mystery of the prostate. Oh, that's great. Thank you. One of my favorite episodes. Uh, Love having you on, Dr. Leo. The only problem is because my wife consistently listens to these episodes. She has been like, when are we going toy shopping for you for your prostate? When I'm are we surprised you still have not done this. Listen, okay, look, I'm He did I this episode be... two years ago on a prostate <laughs> and he still his he still won't. Oh my god, yeah, it was two years ago. Yeah, wow. No, Listen. a separate one before even you came. Oh, out. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Listen, Dr. Leo, I need to be eased in. You know, I need I mean, to you should. You <laughs> should actually. <laughs> Good relaxation, good lubrication. Yes, yeah, you know, I just, uh, it's not that I have control issues or anything. It's just, uh, you know, I, I'm, it makes me a little nervous, but I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there and I'm going to give a massive review about it one day in the future. I feel That is such a good episode. Jeremiah tries prostate stimulation for the first time. Oh, God. Oh, that is going to be the theme of the mystery of the prostate. Oh, thank you. There we go. Oh, my God. A whole gonna... episode just being designed as we speak. <laughs> Everybody just slow down. Slow down. Okay, I'm getting a fop sweat here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just run that past your wife. I think she'll be thrilled. We'll do a whole episode on it. Oh, my goodness. Listen, maybe we can ready. have you can have her perspective on it, too. Well, yeah. oh. Oh, don't give me that look, Doc. I let her on this. If I let her in, <laughs> it's got to be a little separation between work and, and all It's two separate episodes. Oh, my God. Your perspective and then her perspective. This is fantastic. I'm starting to get nervous. Okay. You better not edit this out. I'm, I'm not going to edit anything. I, You know me. I don't like editing. I like people to hear the raw deal. And the real thing here right now is Jeremiah James, your old pal, is just uh, starting to sweat like it's 100 degrees in here, even though the air conditioning's on. I'm just, it makes me a little nervous. I'm not going to well, listen. It is important that if you take on a new sexual sort of in adventure that you feel ready and willing. For Thank that. you, doc. Thank so. you. And when my wife listens to this episode, she's going to be like, are you ready and willing? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's fair. If, if I do this, she definitely will have to come on and give an explanation. If she's it. allowed to do that, doc. Okay. Oh, she would definitely. Carrie's lovely and charming. She's, she's allowed. All right. Well, I just want to say thank you again, Dr. Leo, for being here. We love having you here again. And it really was one of our number one listened to episodes when you came on. Because first of all, like I said, I didn't even know I had a pelvic floor. I check in with it all the time now. Like, we're good pals. I learned so much about the prostate. I mean, even like drinking more water to help keep the prostate going and lubricate. Like, all these different things that like weren't even on my radar as a, a, a person with a prostate. And, yes. and so for me, it was just, it was, it was wild and it's so excited to have you back. And this is going to be a little bit of a hybrid version of an episode because it's a little bit of Jeremiah's sex tech corner meets Dr. Leo, who's going to give us an explanation and a kind of a thumbs up, thumbs down on this thing I found. Now, I don't want to say that the internet knows me, but when I'm sitting here on like, you know, Instagram and I'm scrolling, I get a lot of ED things that pop up. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm like, excuse me, I didn't say I had this issue. Like, why are you why are you targeting me? And then of course I get a lot of those things like testosterone boosters for yeah. your manhood and like all this other stuff. And I'm like, I don't I mean, I didn't click on any of this stuff. I swear I didn't click on any of it. But the one thing that came up that now I had to click on because I was like, what is this crazy looking thing? And it had like this bodybuilder. He comes out. He's like, you know, you work out and you do this and you do that. But do you ever do anything for your sexual health? You know, blah, blah, blah. and he, I mean, the guy is like huge, massive bodybuilder. And then he like shoves this thing right to the camera. And I was like, what is that thing? And okay. It is called a phoenix. So I had to look it up. Then I, you know, I did like deep dive into this. It's called the phoenix. New medical technology 
repairs men's sexual health, which I thought was quite broad. Per, per the per the ad. Per the ad. That is the, the most vague um, <laughs> cause of a, a reason for using a product I've ever heard. Okay. I mean, it says it has a 94% success rate on their website and it's got this older like doctor who's standing there holding it it looks like a spatula with a really thick handle and like you know when you get those like specialty spatulas like if you were making like a burger or a veggie burger right and it has like a design on it that you could squish down on the burger so it like makes the dessert like i got one of those for because i'm a buffalo bills fan dr leo and so like i have one of those and like makes a buffalo bill symbol on the top of my burger Okay, I have the important things in life. I don't okay. know if the metaphor of squishing a burger is the ideal one for penises, especially <laughs> well packed. Um, but go, go for it. <laughs> That's what you're Thank you, Dr. Leo. Thank you. Um, yeah, but that's what it looks like. That's what this thing looks like with like a really thick handle or like a, a really, really terrifying like apple pen like it's like a weird it's like a weird combination of a spatula and a pen i don't understand what it is so i started like looking through this thing right and basically it has something to do with radio waves i want to say and then there's a lot of, kind of sound wave sound waves there you go and it has and it's got lots of pictures of very happy men holding it and like holding on to their wives like yeah i use this all the time and i'm really happy now now it says here are the here are the claims. Okay, so I wanted from a penis expert here and a pelvic floor expert. Okay, it says clinical grade results. Clinical grade. Okay, men of all ages have benefited. Which, which I would love to know what clinical grade results mean. Right, I was First thinking and foremost. <laughs> yeah, and it says. Men of all ages have benefited from this patented tech, not technology tech, reverse sexual aging. Turn back the clock on your body regardless of age. Improve sexual performance. Your best bedroom performance requires peak sexual health. The Phoenix delivers. Restore intimacy, which this thing obviously is a magic wand because I think intimacy and from everything I've learned from the doc, like, you know, there's a lot of levels of intimacy, but this thing, I guess you just wave it around your, your ding dong and all of a sudden you and your partner are going to have a much better relationship. Uh, okay. It says always restore, because it says restore intimacy with a partner. Everything's better together including the results of the Phoenix. Now, my favorite thing in the sales pitch of this bad boy is that it specifically says that okay, it is... Can I get Go ahead. Can you get, oh, go no, ahead. you go for it. No, go There's ahead. Go ahead. Did you know favorite. what it is? Is this your favorite? What's your favorite, Doc? The wealthy men have been using this for years. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk about that part later. Okay. <laughs> That, that it's like in multiple spots. Wealthy men have been using this technology yeah. for years. Well, nobody wants to use something that the poor people are using, right? I mean, Jeez. come on now. That's not a selling tool. You know, you got to use what the big, you know, the big fat cats are using out there, right? It's, to keep their so sexual health. I don't even know where to begin. My favorite, if <laughs> I may, is that it is FDA registered. Okay. Doesn't say that it's <laughs> doesn't say FDA approved. It says FDA registered, which I've you know to me doesn't sound <laughs> very legit. Because I mean, couldn't I? I mean, I'm not a doctor, clearly. I mean, and I'm certainly not anybody that works in technologies that doctors would use. But if some, if I went to the hospital, like get my heart checked, and they went, yeah, this this machine's FDA registered, I'd kind of be like, I mean, okay, that doesn't sound like, don't you need well, approvals for things? That's an, inter that's an interesting point that you bring up because at no, to my understanding, at no legit hospital, will they ever suggest use or implement a drug or a device that has not been FDA approved? There we go. 
right? So that right. that made me definitely like raise my eyebrows because even in, you know, with that super big bodybuilder in the uh, ad that was randomly targeted to me because clearly I'm not having any of these issues, you know, I've never in my life. <laughs> um, and, but, uh, you know, uh, it just said that he was like, you know, when he shoves it towards the camera, he's like, it's FDA registered. I was like, what? So mm -hmm. a lot of things here to unpack, you yeah. know. May, may, may I ahead, just Doc? really quick because I not like really to quick things... dive deep, Doc. This Thanks. Is... I uh, I like to dive in uh, deep into things, but this was also just a really quick dive. Registration simply means this is per our website. Uh, registration simply means that the FDA is aware of the manufacturer <laughs> and their devices. They just know about it. <laughs> You submitted you submitted a copy for review. Basically, that's, that's they just know about it, and they don't they don't they haven't said yes, and maybe they've said, oh, we don't like what we know about, but they know about it. There we that's go. That's what it means. So it is known about by the FDA. Okay. Can can I say just so just briefly here about why I wanted the wonderful Dr. Leo to come and join us yes. for this one? Because what, I don't know what your official title is now, uh, but. Uh, uh, sex and gender psychologist for health partners <laughs> right yes. which is in a urology yes. and you work in the urology department yes right and so of all the people I know when Jeremiah sent this to me I was like oh I'm gonna see if Dr. Leo can come on because they absolutely know a, like a lot because you you spend every day right talking to urologists right so that intersection yeah. of like psychology and medicine you spend yeah. a lot more time in that is, that is where I sit professionally all the time. <clears throat> right. So you're That's, around uh, a lot of penis conversations, a lot of things that have to do with the health of men's sexual uh, organs and all this jazz. So this might be some technology that might be out there that you would know about or have yeah. heard the whispering yeah. on the wind about. Mm -hmm. And can we also just say the name Phoenix? Like rising from the ashes. Can we just like, a rising <laughs> palace of fire? A rising palace of fire. Ooh, that might be the title in this week. A rising Although that might be a UTI. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, if if I may, because this this I have a lot of feelings. I I did do like very brief kind of look at some medical journals on. Do Do you mind if we just talk about what this <laughs> the quote unquote like therapeutic component of this is referred to as uh oh god what is it called what, what's the initials or the, the initials the acronym um it is like they call what is they call it li uh ex or uh est right est or eswt something like that i'm on like six different sites at the same time does this website by the way is like very busy it's very busy. So, it is very, yeah. very busy. So the technology is referred to as LI-ESWT. Um, and what that is referring to is low-intensity extracorporal shock wave therapy. Okay. Right. And so, but what I want to say is they don't ever say that. Yeah. <laughs> like, anywhere well, on the website, what that actually means or says. And that always is, you know, I think if you're going to be it looks like this product, if I didn't read it wrong, Jeremiah, and you spent a little bit more time on this, it looks like it's $40 a month. Yes, a month. A month. Why would you have to pay a monthly fee for a product that you use? Nobody Good. knows. Good okay. question. <laughs> so it's not a super, I mean, that's a really, to me, that's a pretty expensive product. It's a very actually. expensive. It's a, it, is, it is expensive. It is an expensive product. And um, it, no, it, they listen, they don't put any of that full <laughs> acronym in there, Doc, because nobody wants to hear about electrodes near their uh, jibbles and bits. Well, you know what I mean? Like that can get a little I bit nerve-wracking. Like, I don't think it's I don't think it's electrodes. I think it's similar to like um and I don't know, I would Leo, have you ever seen any devices like this used? Like when I think electrodes, I think of those things when you go to the chiropractor and they put them on your back, right? And then it stimulates your muscles in a particular way. Right, I don't think right. this it's is not, doing it's that. Not a, I don't think it's electric shock therapy. It's to my understanding, it's more based on sound wave therapy. Yeah, okay. and, and that's thing. And it's similar. My my understanding is it's similar to like the certain types of sound wave therapy that would maybe be used to like break up kidney stones in yeah. the past, right? Yeah. Like stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, possible <laughs> side effect here. Uh, any, I mean, what do we, I mean, 
that's not a nasty side effect. I mean, if I have a kidney stone that's growing, maybe, you know, if I'm using this bad boy, that could be just a little bit of a bonus, you know? I mean, I think if you're using it near your penis. Or does, it, your... does it, does in the, in the commercial, whatever, does it actually explain to potential uh, clients what the science behind these waves are? Absolutely not. No, okay. it really, <laughs> so on it here, on it, and on it's how it works. Okay. It, it's really like it, it does this weird thing where it's like you get a sexual health inventory for men's for like they have you do like an assessment and then I bet that your inventory score often tells you that you do need this product something if I tells to, me that that might be true doc yeah. I would imagine that it's potentially skewed in the direction of someone needing this product and the, and um, the inventory I bet is like two questions do you yes. experience erectile dysfunction is it often? And if it's yes to both, then you're ready for the product. <laughs> you're ready for the Phoenix. Yeah. But like the the how it works is like, it, it doesn't give you really, it's here. Performing treatment <laughs> at home is safe, easy, and only takes 17 minutes twice a week. They have a video and I watched the video and the video is really like very vague, right? They're just like basically like, and they don't, and here's what bothers me there's many things that bother me about how they're selling this. I'm not saying like, I looked at the science on it and it looks like there's some minimal studies around it that like, you know, like there might be some promise and we can talk in a minute about like a study does not make a body of research. Right. right. And that's something that's really misunderstood, but let's put a pin in that for like a hot second. But when you watch the video, it's this very sort of vague, like, you know, sort of like how to use it is like you use it for 17 minutes. It doesn't tell you what area of the body. It says that you like it it gives a picture where it like shows a tube and then someone's like in a cartoon like putting the tube up and down the thing for 17 minutes. So it looks like it might be used on the shaft of the penis. Like that's like an around the shaft of the penis. So that's what it looked. That's how it looks like it might be used. Um, mm -hmm. But it mm -hmm. never says any word. I think one of the things that bothers me is it never says any specific words about what parts of your body that you might be using this on. And whenever people use like really like, I don't think it, and I don't know, Dr. Leo, you might have different feelings about this, but I think if you're talking about sexual medicine and then you're shying away from actually using words that are associated with sexual health, that to me is always of concern and it bothers me because it continues this like shame-based sort of idea around problems that people right. are like struggling but, 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 having. And it also leads to a lack of education for the person receiving the, the treatment on what parts of the body and how anatomy works to yeah. begin with. Right. Like I, I'm thinking, you know, a proper assessment <laughs> on the penis requires specific kind of medical tests. Right. It's not just an online questionnaire that that can be done. Um, and if there is no. So so just in case the this isn't, isn't going to come up later, but the way that this is premised to work is that sound wave therapy has been shown to increase cardiovascular tissue development in certain parts of the body. Put plainly, that means more veins and blood vessels develop in whatever part of the body you get that sound wave therapy. Okay. Right? That has been shown to be effective for other medical things in the world, which, I'm again, I'm not a medical researcher, so I don't know about that. But the logic is, or someone was like, well, if erections develop based on blood flow, then making more blood vessels in the penis should be a good thing. That's the premise for this product. The problem is that these products are not refined, meaning that there's no way of controlling what kind of or where the blood vessels develop. What? So, right, to Tara's point, if you put it, let's say, hypothetically speaking, if you put it just on the base of the penis, there's going to be maybe some potential blood vessels developing there, but that doesn't assure that it's going to make any more or better blood flow to the rest of the penis. So you might actually end up with almost like a cardiovascular hernia 
developing on that part of the body. I don't, I, I don't know. That sounds Yeah, horrible. the problem, like, so with take-home products, right? Like with take-home products, what you really have to trust is root user compliance, right? <laughs> so that the user, right? So when randomized control studies are done or when studies are done, and this is the thing about research, right? Like when studies are done, they're, they're looking at not just does a product work, but it's usually about how someone uses it. Yeah. Right. And so when you're in a study, people are giving the participants very specific directions and then making sure they follow in a good study, making sure that they follow the directions of how that works. OK, now, when you give somebody an at home product, which sometimes can be just a really amazing thing. And I'm not this is just talking about the different ends of it. Right. Like, but if you give somebody an at home product in order for to work, one of the things that you have to assure is that they're using it compliantly, meaning consistent with how the research says it should work. Now, knowing people's anxiety and concerns about sexual functioning issues, particularly erectile dysfunction, Dr. Leo, do you think some people might want to speed up? Oh, process? I was just going to say, I mean, most humans think more is better. So right. I'm one of those humans. Okay, hang on a second. I'm one of those humans. Okay. Like I'm <laughs> like the guy that like, when they're like, you should only take three of these twice a day. I'm like, eh, I mean, I can five. take five. <laughs> And so you have a device like this that they're saying two times, 17 minutes a week. But I could totally see people, especially if you're not in the way that you're describing what your device actually does, giving any real medical data about it. Right. And let's be real. How many off, how much do people really read all of the caution on instructions? Caution. Listen, if you're a guy that's suffering from severe like erectile dysfunction, right? Like really having a hard time. You're not reading any cautionary tales. You're going all the way, man. And you're probably going to use it a lot more than it says to use it. You're going to be like, oh, amp it up, turn, you know, put it up to 11. Like, let's go. Well, so. and also just the the motion. I mean, it's very unclear, but right, like to Dr. Leo's point, right, if you use it just in one spot and you're not being as fluid and consistent about like however they're saying to do it. Because you, you're, I don't know, watching TV while you're doing it and you're not really paying attention and then you get in sort of a habit or a pattern of how you do it. Like, you know, without sort of medical observation, it sounds like, Dr. Lee, if I'm not misunderstanding you, there could be some side effects of that. Like if you don't use it compliantly. All right. Well, yeah. let's, let's before Dr. Leo responds, I think this is a good time to take a break. And then we're going to come back. We're going to hear Dr. Leo's response as to the possible side effects for this. And then I've got some uh, questions Dr. Leo, about this whole scenario. <laughs> Sounded very aggressive. <laughs> yeah, it's the mustache talking. <laughs> it really is something. All right, we'll be right back. And we're back, folks. A lot of questions here about the Phoenix. A lot of questions for Dr. Leo have been put out there, okay? And I've got some more as well. But we were talking before the break about side effects. Now, I freely admit, your old pal Jeremiah is close to I am as being a perfect human. I can freely admit, and the reason that I know that is because I am self-aware enough to admit even things that would seem like faults. And something like that that might seem like a fault in me is something that I might, like I was saying, I might take five pills when they tell me only to take three. And I'm aware of this fact. And I'm also aware of it, like, you know, I've talked to friend, friends who have taken, you know, pills for erectile dysfunction who maybe have taken more than they should. And in fact, we even had friends come on uh, this show when we had Sam on. You remember when Sam was talking about like the the night he had with a guy that they got injectable, you know, erectile oh, yeah, dysfunction they... stuff. And like, I'm like, that doesn't seem like a party to me. I'd rather probably just watch a movie. But, you know, everybody to their own. And then there was obviously some sexual problems that happened, Dr. Leo. And they watched a YouTube video as to how to inject this specific uh, uh, type of erectile dysfunction medication. Anyway, point is, I may be somebody that could understand that, uh, you know, if you were having problems, and especially about erectile dysfunction, which can be a very shameful thing for people that have mm. penises, that you might want to go, you know, 
hardcore and amp it all the way up and and just be like they said 17 minutes i'm doing it for 30 i'm gonna have the greatest boners ever you know like i can just see that being a thing which i think would be a little bit dangerous but you said there might be side effects you said something about like a cardiac hernia which just scared me to death and made my pieces go like oh what is that so you did clench that pelvic floor. i did my pelvic floor was clenching a lot so let's Let's hear it, Dr. Leo. What are we thinking about, you know, side effects? So let me back up a little bit. I mean, I think that right now there's definitely an industry where, you know, I think the code word right now is men's health, right? Right. Um, which is being used as a way to promote a bunch of products, um, including like the Viagras or generic Viagras and stuff like that. Sure. <clears throat> for men who have a health product, a, a health problem, right? Sure. The problem with with this industry is that it is essentially predating on people's ignorance or lack of of, of knowledge as to how sex works. Yeah, well, listen, I'm right there with you because I didn't even know I had a pelvic floor. I only genuinely, without making a joke, only thought that women had a pelvic floor. Like, so (laughs) ignorance can go a little deep in this world. Yeah. Okay. And, and especially when you add shame to it, right? That's if, right. If you, if you have a, 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 an area of health that has so much shame attached to it, there's people that are just not going to ask anyone of, of, of professional knowledge. Right. Okay. In regards to any sound wave therapy thing, the problem is that there's clinics that do that out there, right? I'm sure you could Google in your major city men's health clinic, and you could probably go and they'll, they'll do that for you, those sound wave therapy. What is scary to me about this particular product is that it, it is at home. So, and the vagueness of the explanations of what it is, how it works and how to use it, make it potentially problematic for people and how they're going to implement it in their own bodies. Like we okay. said, you know, it's it's not clear where to use it, how to use it. Do you have to move it up and down the shaft? Do you, do you apply it to the entire pelvic floor area? It's not, it, it's also not even clear what it treats. It just says on nowhere do I see erectile <coughs> dysfunction. We're talking about erectile dysfunction, but it literally only says, as far as I can tell, men's sexual health, your right. sexual health. Right. So this right. really broad statement, I just want to be clear because we're talking about ED, like erectile dysfunction, but actually it doesn't say on the website. And I know some of the research just says that it can also like that it's being looked at for peronies, which we can talk about what that is in a second. And like, yeah, I need to know what that pain. is because I've heard of a lot of we, I know we were talking about that right before we started recording. And uh, I, I, and now there's like a thing for I, I hear ads on that, like on the radio for that. Like, you know what Peroni's disease is? And I'm like, no, actually, I really have no idea. So I'm excited yeah. to hear what yeah, I'll let Dr. Leo will probably give a much better. I can give one, but I think Dr. Leo will give a better one than I. Well, I just I want to make sure I don't have it. I'm, I'm I mean, do I need medicine for this? Like I, it's like one of those things that like popped up. Like and as a guy I was like, well, what is Peroni's disease? And like a, like a, it's my penis is bent or something. Like I don't understand what it is. So why don't we start? Doc, I, there's so many things. I just love having Dr. Leo here. I learned so much about my anatomy. So <laughs> hit us, Dr. Leo. Hit us with some knowledge. All right. So, so as far as just to make sure that we're staying on, on, on yes, I know I bounce around. I'm sorry. I get excited about things. Let's, let's go back to like the issue of taking this home. That's where we were, right? So the issue of taking it home, like many, many things that are sold on the internet or in the world, um, is that we don't know how it's going to be used. And with anything that we use on our bodies, there's always the potential for misuse and then like backfire, right? Put very simply, the concern is that when you use this kind of device on a certain part of the body, you might have the overdevelopment of blood vessels in that area of the body. So it's not exactly the same thing, but think about like a varicose vein Ooh. on your penis. Oh, oh right. my. Ooh. The other part of it is that it, it is misleading in that it makes the person think that the only thing that you need for an erection is good blood flow. While that is an important part of an erection, it is not the totality of an erection. Right. Right? No, no, no. So, for example, let's say someone has been married for 35 years. Um, They love their partner a lot, but they're just not erotically interested, right? That's a psychological factor that may lead to erectile dysfunction. But because they're ashamed of 
of admitting that, right? Then they might say, well, all I need to do is increase blood flow to my penis. Right. Right. And mind you, this person may have already tried the Viagra's, the Sildenafil, whatever it might be, and they're still not getting an erection again, because they're not addressing the real cause of the erectile dysfunction, which is a lack of erotic interest. Right. Because it does, I, I have, I, so like, if you got, and I think we've talked about this before, Doc, but like if you get something like, you know, a Cialis or one of those pills, it does say that like it can help, but like you still have to have like arousing thoughts. Like you still have to have a, you, you still know, need you, like sexual, sexual stimulus, sex, right? yeah, or sex something stimulus. That, that's connecting with you also as an aside. And we've talked about this before you're anxious enough, you know, you got that, that fight flight response, right. Going on high enough sympathetic engagement is going to make it real hard to get an erection okay well, on top of the fact that the research shows that pde5s which are those medications they only work in about 60 percent of the population got it one of the studies that i did look up and like was just looking at uh, on this you know because i just wanted to see what kind of research existed on this type of medicine and again this website is just using it very vaguely and the Whoa. areas that i found it on were erectile dysfunction um there, there's not a lot, but people kind of investigating it for some like maybe uh, sexual pain, like testicular pain, it looked like, I could be wrong. Um, and then uh, Peroni's. Um, and with one of the things that I, I saw, right, well, every study I looked at sort of said the same thing, which is like, there's very minimal studies, right? It could be effective, but more robust research is needed. And so that's one of the things like I think as like the public that is important to like give more information and help people understand like a lot of times like if you're on Instagram or you're on Facebook or whatever, you'll see like study says blank, like a singular study and then everyone goes, it works or like it doesn't work or whatever the outcome is of that study. But that's not actually how research like good research works. Good research is about a body of research. When you go to the, the doctor and they say that something has been, usually if we talk about FDA approved, right? Or like, this is an empirically valid treatment. What that means is it's gone through many studies and these many studies have say, had the same results. And I'm going to tell you that's important because yeah. math, the math, the statistics of a singular study can always be skewed. There can be user error. There can be research error in a way in which you would not ever, me personally, would I would never want to rely on a single study, right? right. Or just a handful, especially around certain treatments, just because something shows promise. What that means is it shows promise maybe in a singular study. And a lot of times, guess who's doing the studies that it's showing promise in? The person who's trying to sell the product. Yeah, right? So it's the people that are funding it. So a lot of times studies that you might see, you look like, I don't know, for instance, Pfizer funds a lot of studies, yeah. <laughs> right? And now some of those studies, then you want somebody unbiased to come in and to do that doesn't have money in the game, right? They're just trying to see, does the stuff you paid for work? Does your math match our math? And I don't know, Dr. Leo, maybe you're better at stats than me, but like fair to say, right? That math can be tweaked and adjusted. Yeah, to make I mean, statistics can always be moved around to prove mm, a point. Mm. And, it, and, and you, you also have to think to your point, right? You have to think about who's interpreting the numbers. Right, right, right. A good statistician, a good researcher can always interpret numbers in a way that favors their hypothesis. Got so, it. Got you know, it. With this kind of thing. And I was what I was going to add is one of the particular difficulties about sex research, <clears throat> unlike other areas of health, is that sex is so intrinsically a mind-body connection. Right. Meaning yes. that unlike our stomach, for example, a stomach we don't control our stomach. So there's consistency in how the stomach works. The penis, the vulva, the clitoris, all of that is highly susceptible to context. That's true. So yes. It is, yes. Continue, please. From a, from a research perspective, it's very hard to control the variables that lead to a certain outcome because it is so subjective. I love this. I love this because... You know, when you came on before, Dr. Leo, and you were talking about different things, the, the mind-body connection, you know, and the doc has talked about this so many times. But, you know, 
it, it really is. I can see where like the statistics and things would be so hard to like, you know, this is the definitive and this is the thing, you know, it, it's so subjective because it's person to person. And like, I love that example of like the stomach just works. It just does what it does. Like your heart pumps. That's what it does. It's, it's and a, even that's not that simple. There's tons of research on oh, the brain and the stomach course, being a second brain. Well, no, but like, Leo's but like, point. yeah, but like what I mean is like the functionality, like, you know, you wouldn't, you know, you, you wouldn't eat a sandwich and one day your stomach just wouldn't, wouldn't process that sandwich. You know what I mean? Like it's going to, or, or if it doesn't do that, there's definitely a problem. <laughs> Right, exactly. You're definitely <laughs> ill. You yes. know what I mean? Like you right. definitely have an issue where like, you know, uh, the penis, the vulva, all these different things are so subjected to your mind and 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 all the things that you had talked about in the past, both you and the doc. You know, so I just think it was a fantastic point, oh. very well said. And I think it's really fascinating because it does feel like like specifically a product like this. I feel is like the the reason, Doc. Like on a side note, that I that they're not saying erectile dysfunction in their advertising is because it's shameful to like even using that in that in the context of the ads is like um, you're broken. We'll fix it. You're, there's a shame that comes along with it. I feel so like they're just they're sidestepping. It's like. It's about health and uh we can you know we'll make you make it younger again <laughs> which yeah, well, by the way is, is one of my favorite claims yeah, you'll have well, a more youthful is, penis in like in its sexual health wise i'm like what right. well and this is probably more reiterating really dr leo's point but like you don't treat the shame you're not going to often as effectively treat whatever right. sexual health issue is going on. Yes. Shame plays an enormous role in that it contributes to anxiety. It contributes like, here's the thing. A lot of people that feel really shameful start avoiding being sexual. Oh, and yeah. so guess what you're not getting better at and learning better adaptive skills for? You know, <laughs> if you're avoiding something, then now all of a sudden you're not practicing new tools, new skills, right? Different ways to talk about it or communicate about it. So if you're not treating shame or helping people address shame, not always, but oftentimes you're actually not holistically and effectively starting to treat what the sexual health issue might actually be. I don't know if you feel like that's fair, Dr. Leo. I, I do. What I, what I was thinking about now is also kind of how we conceptualize <laughs> the problem, right? From, from a purely medical perspective or health perspective, a man losing his erection at some point during sexual intercourse is not seen as abnormal. It's pretty normative, right? But then you add shame to that, you add potentially being um, criticized by a partner, and then this man is thinking, well, I don't have optimal sexual pleasure, I mean, sexual functioning, right? And then these ads tailor to that vagueness of what is the medical problem. Yeah. And then they're like, well, if I can do this thing, that'll just give me these raging erections that will just last for hours, then that's good. That's how we're supposed to function, right? That, that's the premise, right? That's how we're supposed to function. And then you have a person who's unfortunately taking in all of this treatment, quote unquote, without any supervision, without any good comprehensive understanding of what's going on, and that can lead to a lot of problems, not just phys physically, right? And with the like overdevelopment of cardiovascular tissue in this, in this sense, but also psychologically. Think about what it does to a person's psyche if this product that was guaranteed, right, clinically validated to support you now doesn't have the expected outcome. That's a defeat for oh, that person. Man. And then that, from a psychological perspective, worsens the the original problem whatever that might be right whether it's ed whether that's anorgasmia whatever right yeah i i mean as a clinician right like i can't even to his like like to the point around like i can't even tell you how many times i've had somebody come in maybe i'll use ed as an example right and come in and be like i tried viagra it doesn't work for me right and then be even more demoralized because they were like, well, it works for everyone else, but it doesn't work for me. And the problem is, or you have a partner going, 
why can't this work for you? It works Ooh. for everyone else because partners are also getting the same lack of information, right? Yep. That yeah. same lack of education. And so that idea of something, this is these things, sexual health issues are often highly contextual. It's not just about what's happening in your mind, in your body. It's often about what's also happening in a partner's mind and potentially even their body. Right. <laughs> and there are these interactive bi-directional effects, which is part of what makes it complicated not impossible, but it's these narratives around like, if we just treat the uh, lack of cardiovascular, right, like capacity, then we now have treated the problem. But the reality is the problem we've talked about this many times around most many sexual health issues is often very multidynamic. And so it's like, you know, you're treating a singular symptom in what is actually a constellation of a lot of other things that are occurring at the same time. And it is very limited often, not always, but often it's an effectiveness, especially this is really geared towards aging men. It's talking a lot about healthy sexual age and yada, yada, yada. And to Dr. Leo's point, like we age, our bodies age, and there are things that That are are normative in the process of aging and to a certain degree you can't always like, it's better to adapt to, to certain things and to constantly always being like, well, how do I fix my body? How do I fix my body? Because sometimes to fix something that really is a pretty normative part of aging, now you create a separate set of problems in your quest to fix that because the body always compensates yeah. in one way or another, right? I don't know if you want to say more on that piece, Dr. Leo. Well, well, well what I was going to say is that that's, that's a good, <laughs> like, um, lure for another topic which is kind of like the what's that word in english commodification is that the word uh yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, i mean i was gonna say i don't know because that that's way too big a word for me <laughs> so it, it's basically like making the whole industry behind aging and creating products to defeat aging is a whole other wormhole that we could go into um that you know, it's a, it's an industry that fights against normative processes in the human body. Right, it's happening. And they, they're, they're seeking matter, yeah. to make money. They're not necessarily seeking to improve any quality of life. Right, right. In any way, shape, or form. Totally agree. Um, and that'll be added to the episode uh, when my wife comes on for prostate play uh, reviews. Okay. I, <laughs> I want, can I can I be invited to this episode, please? <laughs> you, Dr. Leo? Let me tell you right now, you have that. You are definitely invited to that I think episode. Right, I think party greg should come on okay we don't need it doesn't need to be a round table Doctor, about my breast laura rademacher can come well laura rademacher do you say audience of sexual health folks just ready to help you all right uh, listen you know i'm not shy if we go down that road i'll be like okay here we go it would be great episode for people. i think it would be great jeremiah i'm not kidding I all right fine, fine we'll make this episode happen i just you yeah. know we'll, we'll i'm 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 open i'm i want to learn doc i'm ready to learn okay I'm 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 ready. <laughs> I mean, I'm sweating, but right uh, I'm sweating by agreeing. But I'm I'm you good. You know, excitement excitement is a mix of fear and joy. There it is, Doc. So. Yeah, it's 100 percent what I'm <laughs> feeling. Fear and joy all at the same time. Uh, but before that happens, uh, you know, <coughs> I just need to make sure I don't have Peroni's disease. What is Peroni's oh. disease? <laughs> so Peroni's disease is basically. I hate the word that it's it's a. a disease is a problematic word um, in many ways, but basically it means the curvature of the penis, right? And curved penises are pretty normal to begin with. When we call it Peyronie's, it's because there's been an overdevelopment of essentially scar type tissue on one side of the shaft, which then creates a marked curved thing, mind you, right? things that can influence whether a penis is curved, right? Did this person wear very tight underwear while they were developing? Developing Has this person ever experienced some kind of shock or trauma to the penis, right? I had a client the other day who broke his penis while he was having sex with wow. his wife. Oh. Um, and then in the healing process, there was a little bit of scar tissue that developed, which theoretically causes him to have Peyronie's disease. But then the question is, if it's not painful and it's not inhibiting the function of penetration, 
then it's not really a disease. It's just now you have a slight curve to your penis, right? Um, so put, put simply, Peyronie's is just speaks to a curvature in the penis due to the overdevelopment of some tissue on either side of the shaft. Okay, so can and so, we can we put in like, it, go ahead, doc. Oh, sometimes it, it when I've actually seen it come up as more <laughs> issue is when it's causing discomfort for a partner got it right uh, sometimes it'll cause discomfort for the person experiencing it but like when it's actually shown up as an issue and it my it's actually more and this is purely anecdotal like i've had it come up more as like this is hurting my partner because of how it's curving right and that that's actually been more the presentation less like someone's feeling I, i'm sure in more severe cases someone might be experiencing pain or discomfort of their own but just anecdotally that's actually the more common presentation that i've had and that's really only been a handful of times that's okay like a very common and, and usually we can work around that by figuring out what kind of positions right work best for the curvature play now i read something about traction devices like putting it in a thing to to stretch it out or something like that when i was like is that a thing it's a thing i mean uh, any any human tissue could in theory be manipulated into a, a a different shape but the the problem is that if it's not a targeted process then you also risk the malformation of that tissue Got right. it. So, so yeah, you you might be stretching your dick out, but like, what what's assuring that the stretching is doing what it needs to do to fix the problem? God, it, it may not be doing that. I just wanted to and say, like, stretching my dick out just gave me the wheel. It just made me go, ooh, ooh. And some people are into that. No, no, not yucking anyone's yum. But listen, this is it's not a judgment. It just gave me like a woo, yeah. Okay. As a totally separate ad, I will say I've also had some partners that really enjoy the curvature of their partner yeah. because it hits like their G spot more yeah. effectively. And they're like, oh yeah, my partner's penis is curved, but actually I really enjoy that. So that's right. just also saying that, you know, it really is sometimes about like uh, ergonomics, <laughs> right? And right. like all sorts of different things. Well, I think the o- my only thing with Peroni's disease is... You have to have disease at the end of that, Dr. Leo. I'm really sorry to say, like, I know you don't like it being called Peroni's disease, but if you didn't have disease at the end of it, it sounds like an Italian meal at a fancy restaurant. You know what I mean? It just kind of, it's like, where do you have tonight? I'm having Peroni's. Hey, there's curly pasta. Per- Maybe we can, like, spin it into a positive. <laughs> I mean, you know. I think Peroni's sounds more like the Italian restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Where are you going? Yeah, I'm going to it. Peroni's tonight. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. have a great meal at Peroni's. It's in Little Italy. <laughs> the, the one thing that I'm still not... And maybe this is just based on my lack of of expertise in that area, but I don't understand how sound waves could help with um, the studies. The study said that it didn't really seem that effective <laughs> <laughs> because it makes no sense. It makes right? no like, sense. How, how would increasing um, cardiovascular tissue help with any kind of non cardiovascular? Tissue. It looked at. Let me like see if I can like find it. Yeah, it was like. Oh, here we go. It's being investigated. It's been shown to decrease pain, but no clinically relevant. And again, this is like a study, okay? Uh, Shown to decrease pain, but no clinically relevant benefits regarding plaque size or penile curvature were shown in the randomized clinical trials. So, and again, doesn't look like a body of research. It looks like some singular research. The other stuff that would be important to say this, this, um, this shockwave therapy too, like is the studies that are there are saying aidful in maybe mild to moderate erectile dysfunction. Uh, and so that's also like, how, does, how do we, how do we measure that? Yeah. And that is a really tricky thing to measure, right? Because in psychology, what you're also <laughs> measuring is someone's level of distress. Right. It's not necessarily like, you know, I think there are measurements like technically around like how often, you know, what percentage of the time, blah, blah, blah. But like somebody might be like, I have severe, but that's because they're they're measuring it based on how distressed they feel about it. And it's actually not happening very often. But even if it's only happening every 20 percent of the time, they're really stressed about it. And again, the more stressed you are about it the bigger problem that it actually tends to become over time. 
And so the studies, you know, the probably the most thorough study that I found on this type, because I, again, I did sort of a, what was looking at medical journals. And again, I am not a medical doctor or a medical researcher. So please take all of this with a giant grain of salt. And I did it very quickly. So I would not call myself an expert in this area. But <clears throat> the other one I looked at was its use of, um, with people that had had, uh, oh, Dr. Leo, you'll probably know the name, uh, a radical prostatectomy after yeah. prostate cancer. Yeah. yeah. Because like erectile functioning issues are often really uh, difficult. I mean, and and finding some potential usefulness out of it. But again, that study was like, hey, and it was only an N of 30 people, meaning only 30, 35, I think, 35 people in this study. So that's important in research. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So in research, the more the N, the number of people you have in the study, the bigger, the better, right? The research becomes more reliable when you have bigger studies. So when somebody does a study with like 30 people, that's not a lot. Especially not a if there's lot no in other, study. And there's no other body of research to support that. So they had some findings that they said like, hey, this is worth continuing to investigate because for folks that have had, um, and again, Dr. Leo, you've probably done more of this work than I have, but like, I worked with some folks that have had prostate cancer and have had radical prostatectomies. And, you know, often it does impact fun uh, sexual functioning in, in, in ways in pretty specific. I mean, it, it, we, we would say that it always impacts yeah. sexual functioning, particularly the first six months after the surgery. Part of the problem with research around um, erectile functioning post prostatectomy is that you know, how I tell all of my patients, look, you can have 10 men that have the exact same procedure, but depending on age, depending on pre-existing medical factors, depending on pre-existing uh, sexual functioning, all of these variables lead to different outcomes. Sure, so it's very sure. hard to do research because how do you control for all those variables unless you manage to find, you know, identical twins that both had prostate cancer and both had... <laughs> You know, the same surgeon. It, it, also, that's another variable, right? The surgeon, the techniques being used, right? Their particular anatomy. All of these factors lead into how a person experiences post-prostate cancer um, sexual outcomes. And, you know, with a lot, of, a lot of the research, at least to my knowledge, just shows that one of the biggest ingredients for regaining sexual functioning post-prostatectomy is consistent stimulation of the penis for the next 24 months. That's it. There now, you go. Do you want to put a, a vibrating machine on it? You could. Is it necessarily? No. Mm -hmm. You could just use your good old hand. Good old hand. I have good a song that I or sing to my right hand. Or play with a partner. Or play yeah. with a partner, you know? And, 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 you know, the pump does has shown to have some effectiveness, but it's not necessary. It's not necessary. Exactly. You know, Doc, I, I do have a song that I sing to my right hand from time to time. I do. And it's nobody does it better, baby, <laughs> yeah, than my right hand. That's the way to go, right? I mean, if you're, well, unless you're left-handed. But that's not the point here. <laughs> I'm just letting everybody know that Dr. Leo is a genius, and you should take his advice. And I think this is a great place to start wrapping up, Doc. What well, do you say? Do you have anything else you I want to say so. about the Phoenix? Can yeah, Rising. because I can't, I can't control myself. Can we just quick talk about, I know we've kind of just touched just real briefly. The marketing of this bothers me so much. Oh yeah, the, it's terrible. The marketing of it bothers me so much because of all this stuff we're talking about, like amplifying shame, right? It's like, it's this very like, it's super vague. It's like, don't worry, we'll send it to you in a secret package. Like someone's going to know what the Phoenix means on a package. <laughs> I mean, like, to be honest with you, it looks like a tool that I would use to check the compression of the engine of my Mitsubishi. Like it doesn't, yeah, <laughs> I don't it, think anybody's going to know what the, the Phoenix is when the, it shows the, up. The, the claims, like to your point around the commodification of like age, like, you know, products for aging, right? Like you know, I'm looking on their website, reverse sexual aging. No, there's no way to do that. You're aging. Your body is aging. You don't reverse aging. Yeah. <laughs> you can maybe manage certain symptoms of aging in different ways through different- Modi Modify certain stuff for yes. sure. Mm -hmm. Modify, but reversing aging is not a real term. You are aging. You cannot reverse 
unless you've found, I don't know, like some type of magical mythical fountain of youth, right. like you cannot do that. Um, but I, I think like things like restore intimacy with a partner, this Dr. Leo brought this up earlier, and I think it's incredibly important. Actually, no, Jeremiah, I think you did this idea of like intimacy that if you have and again, we're assuming erectile functioning because it doesn't really say it, they might be suggesting other things too here, but you can have, you do not need erections for intimacy to happen. You do not need erections for great sex to happen. You don't need erections for you and your partner to have an amazing fucking time. And the marketing, clearly I'm very impassioned, right? Yes, you are. But you said the, the market, But the marketing that continues to tell people that if you're having any kind of struggles with your body, that you can't have a good sexual time is incredibly problematic. In my experience with clients, also incredibly untrue. If we take, for example, thinking about someone that went through prostate cancer and a rat, like, like has gone through all of that. Hey, guess what? Now also you can't have good intimacy with your partner. That message, how demoralizing yeah. that is, is so problematic in so many ways because I have watched people with all types of uh, like mobility, like 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 varying levels of mobility, all types of different medical concerns, and I bet Dr. Leo even more so than me because of the setting that Dr. Leo works in. But like, find ways, regardless of you know things working the way they used to, have amazing sex and sometimes even better sex. It just looks different than the yeah. idiot looked in the past. Like you that always say, Doc, you can, listen, you you say it all the time, like just because your penis isn't working does not mean you can't have great sex. You still got elbows, fingers, hands, you got all kinds of tools to use at your disposal. And of course, we've talked many times about toys. So it is definitely, I just want to leave you all with this one thought. This was a review from a customer, okay? Now oh, this is the one that really uh, intrigues me. Was injured playing <laughs> sports growing up which caused a curvature that shortened my penis. It was becoming painful and difficult sure. to perform. After six months of treatment, all that changed. I've had to buy new underwear to accommodate my returned larger size. I'm still not 100%, but I'm very satisfied, says Bobby L. I'm sure that's not how sizing works for underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's based on your waist size, not on your what well, you're Well, I don't know. Also Bobby L sounds that, like an expert. So the idea too that a larger a larger phallus equals more sexual oh. health is also highly problematic. Listen, the, uh, listen, uh, this, this is the part where we're going to agree to disagree, Doc. Like I've, I've told you many times, like if I, you know, if I had a really very big penis, I would never wear pants. Like I would just, you know, and you like would be arrested very nights. swiftly. <laughs> I'm but, would, would, but would he? I know. But but would maybe. I, I don't know. But would, In well, a kind of society of, where we are penis obsessed, would yeah. he? Yeah, I think I'd get high five. I've known some people that have actually <laughs> been arrested for similar behavior. So I, it's, a, it's not a sure run I, I wouldn't suggest it well i take um, your advice overall doc i obviously will always wear pants but uh no i of course am making a very big joke um, penis size does not equal better sex and it does not equal obviously uh more intimacy etc etc that's your old pal jeremiah james making a joke but i just want to say thank you so much to dr leo i cannot thank you enough for coming on to, i love having you here we love having you here i genuinely when i say i i say it because i truly do learn so much every time you come on i learn stuff from the doc literally every episode but having somebody to come on and explain certain things uh in this way is so wonderful and really for our listeners because again Top three episodes we've ever done out of over 100 episodes is Dr. Leo talking about sexual health for men and pelvic floors. Because I tell you, as a person with a penis, there is so much shame when I was growing up that you did not talk about these things that I literally at 40 years old when we sat down with you was like, what the hell is he talking about? Like, I don't even know. That's not even a real thing, you know, and it's just it's a joy to have you. You're a joyous spirit. You do so much for so many people in helping them connect their mind to their body. And uh, we're so grateful to have you all the time, genuinely. So thank you for being here. So I'm just, again, so grateful, so grateful. And of course, Doc, 
thank you for everything that you do so often for so many. I love your rants. I love when you get passionate. I know. I got real fired up. You get real fired up. And I love it, I don't like, it's the advertising. It's such a problem. It makes me so angry. I like seeing you. I like seeing when you get aggressive and and like, I'm I'm going to. Well, I like it because Dr. Leo, you get to say like all the like way smart, better, like (laughs) more formulated things that I'm just like, ah, I'm so upset about this. (laughs) I love it across the board. It's a yin to the yang of Dr. Leo here. And then I feel like I'm just one of those dots that's kind of like listening to you guys. You know what I mean? Like, it's great. I would love it if the Phoenix company hears about this particular episode and they come on. Oh, please. That would be epic. Listen. It's urologist designed. Maybe the urologist would like to come on and explain to us why we're maybe not being... Like, like it said, like what, what, what we are saying is it's not necessarily that there's not promise, right? In this, the research suggests there's maybe some things worth investigating in this type of medicine. It's about the way that they are. This will work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the advertising. And here's the thing, like if it was, if it, and I just want to like kind of end with this thought here. Like if they were like, look, we made this thing. We think it helps and it could help you for the future. But with talking to somebody clinically to make sure that, you know, uh, whatever you're suffering from was this, that, and whatever. And like, we recommend that you talk to a person beforehand that, you know, is trained in these things, not just take some random online course, you know, right. like, like if they were like laying all that stuff out, I'd be like, <coughs> these guys, they're, they're, this is, this is a cool product. Like they're being real about this. But just to be like, pie in the sky, you're going to have a bigger dick and better boners. And you're going to have, a, you know, boners of like an 18-year-old. And it's the greatest thing. Like, it's like, come on. Come on, everybody. And a, and a bigger penis. And a bigger penis. So you have to get bigger underpants. Thank you, Bobby L. <laughs> so <laughs> I just want to say thank you again, Dr. Leo. Thank you, Doc, Thanks for, for everything me. you both do. You guys are so joyous. And... Uh, we will be talking to you all again very soon. Remember, everybody, just be kind to one another. That's what this is all about. Try to listen. Try to be understanding. And uh, we will talk to you all again soon. Bye, Doc. Bye. Bye, Dr. Leo. Bye. Thanks. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Felstein. Additional multimedia support by associate producer Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media.